Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Adventures Podcast, brought to you by Yellow Hat Outdoors. All right, welcome everybody to the first episode of our podcast here. Uh, my name's Glenn Adams. I'm Hudson Haas. And, uh, you know, we're just going to talk to you guys a little bit about some hunting and fishing stuff in Oklahoma. Um, we're super passionate about everything outdoors in our um, state. I think it's severely like underrepresented the level of resources and the things that we have present. And, um, you know, me and Hudson have been talking about ways that we can get more people outside. So both of us are just so passionate about um, anything, just getting out in creation. And so we thought, hey, what better way to get a little podcast going, get a little discourse going. Sure. Uh, you know, talk about some of our favorite things. So, um, yeah, our goal with this whole thing is, you know, probably A, to provide some entertainment, pass those boring days at the office when you're just crunching numbers, maybe pass by uh, your drive on the weekend out to the deer lease. Uh I don't know. Maybe you're just playing video games stuck inside while you're sick and you're like, man, I need something besides some screaming kids in my ears. So I don't know what, like, where this will fit in for you, but um, I think both of us very much feel like it's an underutilized space, especially in Oklahoma. There's plenty of hunting podcasts out there. We listen to them, we watch, you know, the YouTube channels. Um, but Felt like there was a, a space in Oklahoma, and so hopefully that we can kind of fill this void. So absolutely, yeah. Um, and you know, like like Glenn just said, like we want this to be entertaining, but we want it to be a little educational too. We want to be able to help people either who are avid hunters just to kind of get a better sense of uh, kind of the science behind things uh, in terms of like conservation. And also just those people who are looking to learn how to hunt. We want to provide something for you guys to be able to get the knowledge to be able to go out there and just do it yourself. And it's an absolutely wonderful thing. Yeah. If you're able to go out there and, I mean, just down to the basics, like you can provide food for your family if, if need be. Like, uh-huh. Then that's a powerful thing, especially in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It makes you feel like a man, you Absolutely. know, if, if you're a guy. And I think there's like a lot of women that are wanting to get into um, kind of the outdoors and hunting and fishing because they they view it as providing for their family as well. Absolutely. I think it's I think it's really cool. And I think like there's a whole generation of people that have been inspired by like Meat Eater, um, you know, big time TV show put on Netflix. And a lot of times, you know, the hunting or fishing stuff, you know, you get the animal rights activist, PETA, tree hugger, you know, kind of really um, extreme folks that get really upset about it. And I think that the reason that hasn't happened too much uh, with the mediator stuff is because I think, like, they kind of struck a chord with people. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not just going out there and killing things. Like, they do a good job of showing, you know, that connection. Yeah. Um, But I think people see that and they're like, Gosh, that looks awesome. That backstrap sizzling in that pan looks good. But then, like, they're like, okay, well, how do I get out there? You know, if you don't know anything about it, it's really hard to get out and hunt or, you know what I mean? Like, get out and fish. So, yeah, if you don't grow up 
doing it if you don't have, you know, like both of our dads, both big outdoorsmen, you know, taught us a lot on hunting and fishing and stuff. But, you know, if you don't, a lot of people don't grow up with that. And so it can seem like a daunting thing to get into. And, um, you know, I think we're seeing kind of a surge of that at the moment. And so, yeah. 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 And, and that is a thing, like we're both extremely fortunate and like understand that not everyone gets to have a, a dad in their life or maybe a present dad in their life or, uh, a close family member or family friend that wants to take them hunting. And so, you know, there's lots of programs and stuff for kids to kind of get out into it. And me and Hudson can only take so many people out. I've got friends that literally rip me apart because they're like, oh, you keep saying you're going to take me hunting and you never do. And I'm like, well, I got a whole list of people that want to go. And yeah. it's, it's hard to like kind of make that happen. So um, that's kind of one thought for a podcast is like, well, if I can't, if we can't take you, like maybe we can equip you a little bit, give you some ideas, some pointers, um, yeah. and hopefully like some confidence to get out there and, and do whatever you want to do outside. So yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I watched my dad, like he, uh, he's been in the fly fishing industry for 30, 35 years now. And I watch him like at a shop and he sells people, you know, fly fishing rods, flies, waders, you know, the, all the works that go into that. And it is so cool to watch him. Like someone comes in, they're like, "Hey, I want to learn how to fly fish," and he just lights up. Like I, I went in there the other day. I've never, I've never fly fished before. I've, you know, my my dad's fly fished before, but it really, you know, we just kind of went for like largemouth bass, especially here in Oklahoma. Like that's the big kind of thing to fish for. That and like catfish and stuff, but you know the big sportsman's thing is largemouth bass and so i never i never really got into fly fishing and i never tried it and i was taking a trip to colorado and i was like you know what i would love to try and get into it just knowing glenn knowing his dad and you know his dad's got this his new own fly shop uh here in oklahoma city and so i took a little trip down there went to go thought it was going to be just kind of a didn't really know how complicated it would be it's a little you know, quick in and out visit you little, know? that's yeah. how it usually goes yeah a little quick in and out i i ask glenn's dad one question and it was 20 minutes of just pure knowledge and it wasn't like one of those things where you're like oh my gosh like okay like i didn't need to know all this it was like i was locked in uh-huh. and it was it was so there's so much to know about all these different disciplines in the outdoors world, whether, you know, whether that be hunting, fishing, whatever your, whatever your kind of game you're going for. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I, and I caught my first fish out in Colorado using, uh, Glenn's, using Glenn's dad's flies and his technique. I even used his pole. I'm still, I got to head back there and get another pole before, probably spring because i'm gonna be deer hunting mostly and mm-hmm. deer and we're gonna we're gonna go kill a turkey this year too yes so. we will but um for sure for sure yeah gonna need to go out there and get myself my own pole so we can 
so I can tear it up on the trout and whatever else I can get. But. Yeah. And I mean, this is a time of year. I think like primarily my mind's going, it's deer season, you know, let's break out the blaze orange. Let's join the orange army in the woods, you know, <laughs> tromping around Absolutely. our red flannels, you know. Uh, but also like this time of year is fall turkey, you know, next month. It's waterfowls opening up next month which i'm super jacked about i I don't get too amped up for deer hunting but i love me some ducks and geese and stuff yeah we Um, got a a lot of our buddies are you know glenn included but they're a lot of our guys are big waterfowl waterfowl you know we got a buddy who guides professionally up in kansas and uh uh-huh they just it's i've never me personally, I've never waterfowl hunted. Um, yeah, I've I've gone bird hunting, you know, dove and turkey and stuff. But, um, you know, it's kind of waterfowl is like a, I don't know. It feels like it's a religion almost. It's it's a cult kind of. It's a yeah. It's a cult. That's what I should say. Yeah, yeah. And it's really weird because like I feel like the culture of it. I hope, but I feel like it's kind of changing. Like, the last, like, probably five years, I feel like social media has literally, like, post a pile of, like, 50 to 75 geese. And then, like, they just get thrown in the back of a truck and drove around for five days and dumped in a ditch somewhere. You know? And it's just, like, it's, like, been this whole thing of just, like, let's pound as many ducks and geese as we can. Like, we're going to stack them up, take this sweet picture, get all these likes on Instagram. And, like, I feel like there's a little bit, like, of a resurgence. Like, people are wearing, like, you know, they're like, oh, well, we don't need to be, you know, camoed up head to toe. We don't need to be face painted. Like, let's wear some old flannels. And let's, you know, kind of tap into these old school roots. Yeah. Um, you see, like, the rise of hand-carved decoys, like, kind of coming back. Like, people are willing to carry some heavy heavy wood around you know per se uh and and like it's just cool because like people are getting back to the well hey if i shoot three ducks like honestly that's enough for a meal like Mm -hmm. if i if i bring home six ducks and eight geese like you could you know on a normal day in oklahoma like what the heck are you gonna do with six whatever that i don't even can't do math but 14 freaking birds yeah. 28 breasts if you just breast them out you know like you can't eat all that in one night so it goes in the freezer and shocker you know you forget about it until your freezer dies and you smell a horrible smell yeah. and oh crap there's those goose breasts from 1333 you know still in my <laughs> freezer so i just think like there's kind of a new resurgence and like i mean as cliche as it is it's always fun to watch the sunrise and and hang out with your buddies in the blind. Like that's what it's about Absolutely. for me. So yeah, there's. I mean, you know, they don't they don't call it you know killing. They call it hunting. <laughs> you know, that's the you the know most they, cliche thing ever. But it's cliche, true. but it is true. I mean, it's there's something about it getting out there in creation in nature and just kind of. Kind of, I mean, witnessing it, and it's it's truly a beautiful thing. And you know, you, 
you know, you'll be hunting for, I'll be hunting for whitetail and, you know, I, I'll see 20 different species of animals out in the wild, just doing their own thing. And it's really, it's, it's, it reminds me of how people talk about going to live music. You know, the people say live music is different than like listening to a recording and it's, and that's the same with like nature. You know, you can watch planet earth, which is amazing. Uh, love planet earth for yeah, dude. So, I, I freaking nerd out on some planet earth. Suck me into that for an hour, but, um, being there and just seeing it with your own eyes and like observing is, is, it's a really special thing. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, I mean, you get to sit there and watch the forest come alive in the deer stand like Mm -hmm. get to see that the sun rays start kind of filtering through you get to see squirrels which are the loudest things on the whole planet actually hang on what do you think is louder an armadillo or a squirrel armadillo armadillo i had a (laughs) fat fat armadillo right outside my deer blind uh Uh about a about a week ago Uh uh-huh and the he wasn't he didn't we were going into it and um, he just didn't see us or I wasn't paying attention, nose to the ground. You know, armadillos are always just digging around for things. And I mean, we got within five feet of him and this dude popped up, looked at us and took off. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> at it, about two miles an hour, but with every ounce of his energy, every, every, every ounce of energy he could. And it sounded like a howitzer. Uh-huh. sounding off in the woods and i was just like all right well everybody knows we're here now uh-huh. but yeah um, there went every deer in the county yeah. but that same night i killed one so yeah yeah tell us about that so you um was that two weeks ago or three yeah weeks ago? i think it was two i think it was two weeks ago i go out to uh you know we have a lease out uh in eastern oklahoma um, and well, I mean, I say Eastern Oklahoma, it's not, it's not super East, but yeah, um, uh, we could call it, we can call it Eastern wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we, yeah, so we'll call it. throw um, everyone off the trail of those giant deer you had on the camera. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, Near we, Shawnee. We, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so we got out there and, uh, so it's a little context So the last year, I had shot a doe and uh, with my crossbow, and before some of you bow hunting elitists come at me for this, uh, <laughs> I have a I have a little background for that. I I'm in a wheelchair. I got a spinal cord injury. I'm paralyzed chest down. Um, so. I use a crossbow and I have a trigger system on there where I can pull the trigger with my mouth, uh, biting down on a mouthpiece. It's pretty sweet. I killed an elk a couple years ago using that with a rifle out of the back of a truck. That's another story for another day. But we get out there. I'm using, I'm, I, I had shot last year at this doe and didn't hit it very good apparently because this doe probably ran about three to four miles ends up leaving the property bunch of hogs out there never found it uh pretty pretty disappointing just really really frustrating um both for me and the animal Uh because it's like you know i'm trying i want to harvest this animal um 
but didn't didn't get to really just really frustrating so we get out there and i'm thinking okay i need to shoot a doe we got a lot of doe out there the doe population is doing really good and so need to harvest a doe and me and my buddy gibson are sitting in the blind and you know we're just um you know, just being BSing a little just bit, just a little bit, and vlogging. You know, Gibson looks at me and he go after we had just had some stupid joke that we laughed about probably too much. He says, says to me, uh, "Hud, I don't think we're gonna see anything out here." And then about five minutes later, these three doe pop up about hundred yards away on the other side of this field, come out of the creek beeline towards the food plot come in and um there's the one of them was a real mature doe so i'm like okay i need to i need to take her and she's immediately on us um she knows something's up uh i you know i i had i was getting my crossbow in position and i was probably moving a little too much she kept looking over and she starts stomping and so i'm thinking okay well jig is up yeah, you know she's game's over and she's she's not she's looking right at us dead on about 35 yards away then she starts blowing and i'm like okay well they're gone but they're they're staying there and she's blowing and she's looking around and she knows something's up but there's some there's some there's some good food on the ground and apparently they're hungry and so she blows a couple times eventually puts her head down and so i uh put that side on her and um she steps right into it i fire and i i'm thinking i just I just smoked her. You know, she's she's not making it 100 yards. Well, <laughs> I did <Newsflash>. not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, did not smoke her. Um, shot low. Um, good on the left to right. Uh, hit her lower lungs. And uh, I actually blew a chunk of them out uh, on the field that we found. And so I'm thinking, okay, this... I didn't. I still didn't think I had shot low. I thought, all right, we're about to get a ton of blood. This is gonna be a piece of cake. Well, not a lot of blood. Tracker, um, a little bit, kind of lose the blood. My dad, who was hunting out there, comes over. We start looking for. This is after dark now, probably about nine o'clock. Because whenever he got over there, um, well, it was a little bit before that. But we, they end up. I so I'm in I'm in my normal wheelchair. I have a track chair that is literally like a tank, but I was in my normal manual wheelchair, so I'm I'm hanging out in the field, I'm not going deep into the forest, and they go back there and they find her, but she's still alive and she's laid down and she's been blowing out a lot of blood. But she's not dead and she doesn't spook whenever they find her, so they back off. And we come back to the field, and so we're looking around for my bolt. Uh, we, we end up finding it, and you know, gave her probably twenty to thirty minutes, and 
Uh, so my dad reloads my crossbow and takes it back there just in case he's got to put another one in her. Um, they go back. She's gone. So then they find the blood trail, keep tracking her, find her again, immediately spooks, find her again, spooks off again. And then we take my car back around through the property, get down to a field and uh, go back in. And finally, she's down. And I before that, I was thinking where she's gone. Like, I don't think I don't think we're going to find her. You know, but thank goodness, you know, she went down finally. You know, I the shot the shot was less than thirty yards and it blows my mind that I didn't have a put a better shot on her. Um, because that's you know, frankly, for me that's a little embarrassing. Um to very, very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. And Anyways, uh, we got her. We drug her out. We quartered her out. You can uh, you can actually see a little video of that on uh, on our Instagram. But yellow hat outdoors. Yellow hat outdoors. Uh, but yeah, uh, got some meat in the freezer, and that's the bottom line. Um, so we're gonna be jerking some of that up. We got some backstrap ready to ready to cook up. And gosh, do nothing better than some backstrap. <sighs> Backstrap I, is something that everybody needs to have at least once in their life. For sure. It's it is choice cut meat. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's is it the tenderloin or like the fillet of deer, do you know? Yeah, whatever, cut of meat or whatever it is. Yeah. I it's it's really yummy. Yeah. So which you said so you guys usually just quarter it out, right? And don't gut it? Um we or does it de- just depend it on really circumstances? It really depends. So that, de- I mean, it took us a while to find that dough. Uh-huh. It's getting pretty late. Yeah. You know, and quartering out's a lot faster than gutting it. And uh, we also didn't have a, uh, my extender on the back of, so my, I have a Ford Explorer that's uh, adapted to have a wheelchair in it and stuff. So we didn't have you know, the bed of a truck or the extender to put the deer on. Gotcha. Um, so you're trying to fit in ice yeah. chest and so, everything. So okay. we had to, we field dressed it and stuff and yeah. Um, so we just quartered it out, but yeah, you know, that gets you a lot of jerky and a lot of backstrap. Yeah. I love to hear that. Uh, you got one and quartered it out and everything. So sometimes that's just the right move. Yeah. Just not worth it. Yeah. So, cause like, I mean, I don't know. It just depends on timing. Like you said, sometimes if it's super late at night, that's just all you can do. It's just quarter it out. Yeah. Get get as much meat as you can and, and call it a day. But Yeah, and I mean that really gets most all of the meat yeah. off the deer. Um and then you know, especially being a doe, it's not like we're gonna try to get the rack or anything like yeah. that. And you know, we got coyotes and stuff out there anyways that uh-huh. gives them a you know, it it goes to use somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. My dream is to have, like, a little shop one day that I can just have in my, like, backyard or whatever and, like, fully be able to process mm-hmm. it. I think it would be so cool. Yeah, we just bought – well, I say we. Uh, our buddy Rob and his dad, Harold, who shared the lease with us, uh, um, bought a 
it's a like harness system kind of not a harness system that doesn't sound right um it goes on the trailer hitch mm-hmm. and it you can use it to hoist the deer up oh yeah out there yeah and so you can you can hang up the deer and that makes it so much easier to clean and everything and literally just night and day difference yeah. on cleaning and everything yeah yeah we have uh at my cousin's ranch that we do a lot of deer hunting at we have an old swing set it's so like you know it's just kind of like the a-frame it doesn't have any swings on it anymore but we have just like a pulley that we can hang up there and it works out really good actually um the problem is it's like super tall i'm like i don't know what kind of swings kids these were freaking giants or something like shacks kids but uh like it's Shacks like kids. it's like probably nine feet to the top of the pole like it's kind of hard to hook it on up there yeah but luckily you got the deer in the back of the truck anyway usually so i just back up and then stand on the tailgate or whatever um but yeah we're going out um not this weekend but the next it's, it's kind of that in between weekend between um black powder and gun season and so just a little background on myself. I'm not like a crazy huge deer hunter. I like to go. I like the social aspect of it. But usually kind of each season, just me and my dad kind of split a deer. Whoever shoots one first, um, we just kind of, we'll get a process and then we'll just split the meat. Just because it's just me and my wife right now. So we don't go through just a ton of deer, just a ton of meat in general. So, um, but we're we're going to go out in a couple weeks because one of my cousins uh, is going through chemotherapy. So it's kind of like a, a good spot in between his treatments and stuff mm-hmm. to go. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to sit in the stand and like crossbow hunt or what, or if I'm just going to like bounce and go duck hunt. Like there's a couple <laughs> of public spots nearby, but I also like, I don't know. I'm going to be that guy that's like full on rut. That's just blasting ducks. <laughs> So I'm trying to decide, like, if it's worth getting my tire slashed to go blast a few or what. But they have uh, – there's a, a wildlife management area out there and then um, also Black Kettle National Grassland. Huge, huge 30,000 acres Gosh. of public land like to hunt on. So um, pro tip, pretty dang good for turkey hunting. I know turkey numbers are kind of down across – um, the United States, and we could talk about a lot of ideas and theories about that because, quite frankly, I don't think anyone knows. Do you have any, like, what do you think it is? Absolutely zero ideas Yeah, over here. Yeah. I've heard, like, a lot of people say um, because the fur trade's dying out, like, they would blame that, which I think maybe makes a dent because, you know, the whole predator-prey situation, that's just basic ecology mm-hmm. 101, like, that's how it works like yeah i mean we can see that all around the united states you can see it like i sent you a video i don't know if anyone else saw it but downtown la like there's all these mountain lions that are like like they're just around like i think i sent you that video downtown la it's like someone just filming in the street and there's all these dogs barking at a literal mountain lion walking down the street and then there's two coyotes that are like barking at the mountain lion it's like what the heck like we gotta get these (laughs) predators like get under control like but there's like the i forgot what it's called so there's a griffin observatory in la 
And it's kind of like, you know. It's oh, like, yeah. It's, it's, if you've ever seen La La Land, I think that's the observatory. Probably. Yeah, I've never seen you, it. Okay. <laughs> it's a famous observatory. It's kind of like a famous little spot to go to, I think. Yeah, it's super famous. That's like the one touristy place I went whenever I went to L.A. for one day, which was more than enough for me. Um, but you can see like the Hollywood sign there and everything. But there's a big park there. And, like, there's been a lot of studies, like, there's a lot of mountain lion. Like, there's, like, multiple mountain lions in there. And it's just kind of like we're just encroaching on their habitat a little too much. They're a little too familiar with humans. And, like, mm-hmm. we're seeing, like, a lot of these, like, kind of human-predator conflicts coming up. And usually doesn't turn out too well for the little dogs and cats that live around there. <laughs> uh, you know, they're just munching on them, so... Yeah, my my brother went to uh, my brother went to Pepperdine Law School out in Malibu, California, and uh, Malibu. <laughs> they had a uh, they had a mountain lion chase down a deer and kill it on campus. Oh my gosh! In Malibu, and yeah. you know those friggin' Californians were like freaking the oh, heck out. Absolutely, I'd be a little nervous myself, honestly. Yeah, they had they kind of they sent out like an alert. To all the students, I guess, when that happened, and it was uh-huh. like, "Hey, we have a mountain lion on campus that's hunting down prey right now." So, uh-huh. hide your kids, hide your wife. If you're under a buck fifty, don't go out. There. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> under a ten point. Oh my gosh! But seriously, okay, hang on. So back to the turkey, though. Um, predators. I've heard people talk about raccoons, possums. Which, like, this is just a little aside. People always talk about how many. Um, like lice or not lice uh, ticks possums eat and like they do eat some but if you think about it tur- like birds like turkey quail um, things like that eat primarily insects and other like little bugs and critters down in the grass and possums eat primarily turkey eggs quail eggs you know, other small prey. So it's like, yeah, I mean, they might eat a few ticks, but more than more than them eating ticks, it's the birds. So you should probably probably trap a few possums if you see them. So, so you're telling me we shouldn't be as nice to the possums as as some people are claiming that we should be. Yeah, all I'm saying is, <laughs> yes, they do help, but I think it's a little overhyped in that regard. Possums are, I don't want to get too dramatic here, but possums are devil spawn. <laughs> little dramatic, but they are scary. <laughs> <laughs> They've got some freaking teeth on those suckers. Yeah. And dude. claws, too. Yeah. I have a little side story. Back when I was young with our buddy Landon, who, well hopefully be on this podcast after he finishes his highway patrol academy for the state of oklahoma um he had his family lived down on some land out in uh el reno and uh they had a pond and you know kids you know we're walking all over the place you know looking hunting squirrels doing whatever and go down by the pond there's this big old possum and it's it's hissing at us so classic young kids 
being invincible and everything, we grab a board with some nails in it. I don't want this to be too graphic here. <laughs> and maybe we cut this, but or it's staying in. We're keeping it in. Um, we start we start beating it <laughs> with this board. <laughs> and yeah, we like a lot. And like it starts, you know, it didn't it, you know, played possum. And we thought this possum's dead. We we went off doing whatever. Come back by the pond a couple hours later. This possum's gone. Don't know how. <laughs> I could have sworn there was a nail in its brain. I don't know. But it it disappeared. It disappeared, and I was looking over my shoulder the rest of the time we were out there. And tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, he's always watching you. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine, like, just that? You see that friggin' zombie possum, like, walking around in the morning like you're going out to a deer stand or something? It's getting uh, some kind of uh, bullet or arrow in it. Yeah, it's getting a field tip right through it. Not to say, no, everybody don't go out and start slaughtering possums. You know, they're not going to be aggressive towards you uh, unless you ask our buddy Rob, who... (laughs) Will terrified. S- terrified opossums will shoot on sight if there is a possum. Um No one no one hates him more than him. No one no one hates he <sighs> just yeah, no. Yeah. But, I mean they uh there's no denying that if you get rid of a few, it's good for turkey numbers and other, you know, small like, I don't think people realize how vicious raccoons are. Like, a boar raccoon, like, they are, like, wildly predatory. Like, there's video. I've seen a few videos recently of them coming into coyote calls in the woods. Have you seen any of no. those? Like, a 30-pound raccoon just full-on sprinting and attacking. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, my God. So, like, if you think about it, like, a big raccoon like that, like, even a small, um, like, like a newborn fawn, you know, is, like, just, like, borderline, like, not off the table. <laughs> like, if it's, like, you know, like, probably once it's walking, it'd be okay, but. A grown man in a wheelchair, borderline not off the table. Straight up ringing the dinner bell for a big old <laughs> boar raccoon. <laughs> Come I, on. Hey, I wish, I wish one would come at me. It would be freaking clinic on uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Clint Eastwood, but... (laughs) (laughs) Dirty Harry, tell you that much. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, dude, they're they're the real deal. And those little nasty heads that they got... Oh, my gosh, yeah, they're, they're creepy. And... I hate how, like, like, how close to our hands they are. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's really weird, um, and they get into everything. Yeah, you know, we have a we have a feeder that shoots out corn out at the lease. Oh my gosh! And this big, we got it on camera. Big old fat raccoon comes out, climbs up the feeder. He's eating some corn. He decides he's gonna open up the compartment where the battery's at. Opens it up. Takes the battery out and just throws it. Little so we just shyster, literally, like for no reason, just threw the battery, and then just ran off. 
You know, oh my I gosh. just they're, they're just little troublemakers. Uh huh. And you know, if he, I don't know, I don't know, got yeah. nothing to add on that. Yeah, one. <laughs> no, they are. They like. There's a lady at my work, and her husband has literally declared war on them. Like <laughs> they have like three or four feeders, and those things go out there, and they've torn off like all sorts. Like they ha- they buy all these like raccoon proof. You know, like covers for it and all this stuff. And I'm like, sorry, you just literally need to go out there and trap all those suckers and yeah, send them to the afterworld. Make yeah. some hats out of those bad boys because Davy Crockett style, <laughs> they need to they need to go on to a different world. So, but so okay, hang on, we got off deep on a tangent there. I, I yeah. Uh, so turkeys, predatory. Uh, stuff definitely, I think, plays a part in it. I think, like, well, kind of like anything, a little bit of like populate habitat loss. It's like one of the driving factors for any population dropping. Um, just how humans are spreading out more, the way we farm, it's just not super conducive to wildlife. Especially now that we're getting more efficient, we don't have those little scraps around the corners of fields and stuff. Um, you know, there's outside of things, but I'm like starting to wonder if there is some sort of like chemical or something that we're spraying fields with that they're like super like allergic, like super bad about, or, um, like kills them or hurts them or, you know, like is somehow like melting the eggs, you know, mm-hmm. like they're, uh, like, you know, like DDT, like it did in the. Yeah. Like a long time ago, like I feel like there could be some other product. Pretty much that's just how the world goes environmentally. There's some thing that's horrible for the environment. We figure out how bad it is. We ban it after it kills a bunch of people or stuff. Then we come up with a new one. Don't know how bad it is until we do. Yeah. We ban it and then we're, you know, backed around. Yeah. You know, back around. So I don't know. Like it's guess we'll leave it up to someone smarter than us to figure that out but absolutely hopefully uh hopefully we do figure it out at some point so um anyway so whenever you're deer hunting this season are you gonna be uh, mostly like on your land any public i think your dad is hunting some public land right now right uh he's hunting uh mcallister uh he got drawn in to uh there's an uh, every year uh, for every weekend of deer season, they do a drawing for hunting the McAllister Army Ammo Depot, and oh, yeah. it's a it's I don't want to say it's the largest, but it's top two. Yeah, largest ammo depots in the country for the military. Yeah, I think I literally think it produces like oh. All, if not almost all, of the munitions for the like United States military. It's it's absolutely it's the real deal. It's it is the real deal. It's absolutely massive. McAllister, Oklahoma. Uh, don't try and go in there without a without a pass or yeah, something. You're, they you're they will done. you'll they, get blown up. But uh, they they have a wildlife biologist that runs that place full time and maintains the land and everything and they have a lot of deer out there and not just a lot of deer they have a lot of big deer out there 
you can go on Facebook uh, to the McAllister uh, uh, hunting page, and every year they have a most wanted list. Uh huh. And it's uh, just jumbotrons, absolute massive bucks that are out there. I mean, state records, um, just insane. Um, but you can put your name in for a drawing, and you can get drawn in to go hunt out there, and it's recurve only. Um, and it's for the weekend, so uh, Thursday, which is the day that we're recording this, you will, you'll go out there, you'll have the mandatory meeting in the mornings, and then you will go out and you'll scout. They have three regions out there, uh, and... Uh, your or three, yeah, just three regions, and you'll get drawn into one of the three, and that's where you have to hunt. Okay. Um, and so you'll go in, and you'll you you get selected to whichever one, and then you're gonna pick on a map the little tiny area in that region that you're gonna hunt that you're planning on hunting. Uh huh. And then you go out there on Thursday, which is today, and you're gonna scout, and you're gonna set up stands, and you're gonna do whatever, and then. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's on. Yeah. And that's all you got. Um, and I think this is my, this might be my dad's fifth time out there. Uh-huh. And he's been putting in for a long time. It's pretty difficult. Yeah. To get yeah. in, to go and hunt out there. he shot some big he's bucks out there. shot some big ones, seen some big ones. I mean... But yeah, he's out there right now. He said he texted me right before we started this that he set up, um, I believe it was three tree stands and a deer blind. <laughs> yeah, the and I, I, I don't. <laughs> my dad is absolutely obsessed with deer hunting, and I, I have a sneaking suspicion that his favorite part of it might be setting up, uh-huh. because growing up. You know, he, we'd find four, we'd be hunting public land, we'd find four or five different trees that would be good. We'd go on a, we'd call it the Tim Hawes Death March, where we would walk miles into this public land, which, uh-huh. you know, isn't bad because, you know, uh, you, it's an advantage to you if you're hunting public, whenever you're hunting public land. It's always going to be an advantage if you're hunting land that not a lot of people are willing to go into. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's that's one of the biggest tips is just getting off the beaten path. Like, yeah. people don't work hard just in general. So yeah. especially if you want to up your chances of seeing stuff, farther just, off the beaten path you can be, the better yeah. usually. Work harder than the other guy. Yeah. I mean, um, and and that's not just to say that you should just go wandering about. Because there's, with the technology we have nowadays, you can get greatly detailed maps of these public hunting lands. And you can mm-hmm. you can pick out pretty good spots. You can find good benches, creek beds, all this stuff. I mean, even, you know, uh, public hunting land in Oklahoma, I mean, we, the wildlife department will plant food plots out there. Yeah. Like, like begging you to come hunt it. Yeah, I mean, I've I've sat on multiple food plots uh, around Lake Ten Killer. Yeah, in public hunting land, I've seen an absolute stud run by me in the middle of the rut. 
That man was chasing a doe, did not stop once. I tried. I barked at him. I was pleading. I think I sent up a prayer to God in about two seconds. Didn't happen. He was an absolute stud. Um, but anyways, back to McAllister. Yeah, he's, he's set up and everything out there, and they're going to be getting after it tomorrow. Uh, he saw four groups of deer while he was scouting today, just out on a couple food plots out there. And on the drive back from the hunting land to the camp, uh, which just to reiterate, this place is massive. Yeah. This It's huge. I wish I could tell you the exact acreage. You can probably look it up. Yeah. Um, on the way back to the campground, which is on base, uh, he saw 75 deer coming back to the campground just on the drive back. That is literally insane. Um, it's It's truly a special place and if you are in Oklahoma and you are a deer hunter and you have not been putting your name into that drawing to try and go out there and I don't care if you don't shoot a recurve if you get figure drawn it in, out. you figure it out you start practicing whenever yeah. you, you'll have you'll have some time to to practice you'll have you'll have several months to work on it um it's yeah. it's a place that everybody should experience yeah well and I've I like I have a totally different view on it because I've actually got to go out there and fish before. So um I wanted to fish it when I went out there. I haven't fished it. But. It's it is sweet. So uh, I got to go out there. So one of my dad's good friends, um, which actually he passed away like a year ago, which is pretty sad. Um, he was uh, I think I'm oh gosh, don't quote me on this, but you know, like a Oh, like a master chief or something in the Navy, you know, probably fairly high up there. Um, and whenever uh, he was retired and everything, just lived here in Oklahoma City, and he, him and my dad would go out there and fish a lot. So, like, to give you an idea of how big it is, um, there's like 175 ponds and lakes on that place, which is like, you start kind of thinking about it, and it's not like straight water. Like, there's mostly trees and woods. Yeah. So that kind of gives you a little bit of idea on the scale. So um, there's one big lake there, and then, yeah, like 170, 175 of these small little ponds. And so it's so cool because you get on base, and, you know, the first thing you have to do is give them all your paperwork, check in and everything. And they give you the whole rundown. You know, we can pull you over at any time and search your truck. You know, we can, um, you know, there's absolutely zero tolerance for any firearms on base. Um, the other thing is, like, you can't take pictures. Like, that's a big part yeah. of, um, you know, the the deer hunting and stuff. You can't take pictures. You could yeah. take it, like, obviously, if you shoot one, there's, like, a spot that everyone takes their pictures mm-hmm. at. Um, but you can't like just you can't be taking pictures. Basically, no. literal like security threat level stuff. Yeah, and also no fire making equipment. Um, if you have any like lighters or anything or cigarettes or something, you know, it's because it's a base full of munitions. Bombs. Yeah, <laughs> literal bombs, bunkers and bunkers and bunkers of bombs. And like when you're driving around out there, like. You just see like a stack of crates on the side of the road that is literally like missiles. Yeah. 
It's the it's the craziest thing. It's, it's pretty surreal. Yeah, there's so like there's all these bunkers around the edges that have this little railroad track, and like dude, they're just full of bombs are getting mm-hmm. you know transported one to the other or bullets or whatever the heck is in there. I don't yeah. know, but it's crazy. But so anyway, whenever we went out there, um, you know, we got there at probably like seven thirty or eight. You know, it's a three hour probably two and a half three hours down there from oklahoma city um so whenever we got there you know let's just say it was 7 30 or 8 in the morning and we pull in and go through all the checklists and everything and um they turned us loose and so we parked um near the big lake got all our um, waders on and uh made sure our float tubes were aired up and stuff and so then you go and there's another checkpoint and basically, you kind of are like, hey, um, you know, we're going to go to Pond 37. And so you go fish Pond 37, and there's all these phones all around. And I'm not, I can't remember exactly what they're for. I think it's kind of to coordinate, um, you know, the movement of those munitions and stuff. And mm-hmm. also probably just old school, you know, if. If the cell phone towers go down or something, I'm sure it's like all underground stuff. Uh, but there's all of these phones, and each pond, you know, has a number. So let we start out at pond 37, and then you know we went to you know pond 60, and um, Tom, who we went with, he's fished this place forever, and so he's literally like shown he's like a kid on a candy store. And he's showing us on the map, you know, oh, this is the pond that I lost a six and a half pounder in. This is the pond. Um, and so in, anyway, we go around and we're hopping between these ponds. And it was the craziest thing. Like you would be like, hey, we're going to go to pond um, 95. And they'd be like, because you have to call in every time you move because they're mm-hmm. constantly tracking you. Yeah. Um, same thing with the deer hunting. You know, you have a little area. They're they're watching you. Yeah. Um, and so... You'd be like, hey, we're going to Pond 90. And they're like, nah, sorry, boss. You can't go over there. We're blowing stuff up. And it's like, oh, okay. But it's crazy. Like, you'd be on a pond and, like, you just hear, like, boom. And, like, yeah. you'd literally, like, sometimes almost, like, I don't know if I actually did or if I'm kind of just making up my memory. But literally see ripples on the water. Like, holy crap. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So we ended up, we just float tubed these ponds with our fly rods. We caught like 175 fish between the three of us. Like just hammered fish all day long. It was so fun. My so waders great. leaked bad. Like <laughs> I was just soaking wet. Like just had the best time ever. So it was so fun. But then my brother, it's crazy. So classic like brother thing, I guess. Like. He never wanted to go hunting and uh, with me and my dad. And so that's fine. Like, whatever, man. Like, he loves to camp and stuff with us. But, um, like, three years ago, he calls me. He's like, hey, so I got these guys at work that love to hunt. And um, I actually put my name in for the uh, McAllister hunt. And I was like, great, man. Like, good for you. Didn't really think anything of it. And he calls me. He's like, dude, I got into the hunt. And I was <laughs> oh like, oh, my gosh. I was like, okay, like your first freaking time, like you get into the stinking, like the holy grail of deer hunting. And I'm like, this guy's never like deer hunted with a gun, much less, you know, bow hunted, much less recurve hunting. Yeah. 
And so he like literally bought a recurve and literally I've never seen I, – I guess I just didn't expect it. But this dude literally put in like five months worth of work in the backyard with the recurve. And so he's going out there and I literally like gave him all my camo. I was like, dude, here you go. Like this should keep you warm. Here's all the scent spray, scent killer, um, all this stuff. And so he goes out there and what I love is like he really like didn't super know what he was doing. You know, like kind of get ideas talking to people and, you know, luckily the guys he had gone with deer hunt a fair amount so they were kind of able to put him in a decent area and so he literally like pretty much just tucked up under a cedar tree in this lawn chair <laughs> like staked out you know like the camo netting around him and the dude like ends up seeing like 25 deer you know Gosh. over these two days and then ends up smoking a 165 inch stud <sighs> For his first deer. And That's I'm like, insane. I'm literally like, are you kidding me? So literally just gets on that place and just hammers like a giant. Which they, for um, you know anyone that doesn't know, they measure deer by the inches. And so it's pretty much like the area of horn. Essentially. Yeah. Excuse me, antlers. Yeah. Get crucified for that one. <laughs> uh, horns don't fall off, antlers do. Uh, but they measure that out. So that's like a way that you can kind of, you know, compare yeah. uh, your deer with other ones or the record books or that kind of thing. So um, it's just crazy just shot like a trophy deer. Yeah. I mean, people, people go their whole lives without killing a deer that big. Yeah, people go their whole lives without killing one that big, and he does it for his first one. <laughs> Literally puts my one and only buck, you know, in the dirt it's, as far as antler size. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. It kills me. So, anyway, I was so stoked for him, but also I was a little bit deep down, kind of like, seriously, like, you dirty little rat. Of course, you just get this Jumbotron, mm -hmm. so... But anyway, it's it's just awesome. It's actually been really cool, like to see him get all into it. Um, you know, really want to start hunting with us, and um, we had we had took him out the year before. I think he had started having a little interest. Just you know, whenever people around you are talking about it, it kind of gets you fired up. You're like, yeah, it it's like it's kind of that. I think it's in your DNA, like kind of as a man. It like is. You, you want it's, to. It's a primal thing. Yeah, like you want to. You want. I shouldn't say kill. That makes me sound like a no. stereo, uh, yeah. serial killer. But like, you want to harvest an animal. You do, yeah. You want to provide for your family. We already talked about this, yeah. but like, you want you want to do that. It's a it is a deep down like innate biological desire, mm -hmm. and to not recognize that is kind of not. I would say lying to yourself almost. Um, but that just made me think. Uh, so, like, you know, whenever people around you, like, are talking about something, you want to do it, too. I think about my buddy Brighton, which I don't know if you remember this story. So, Brighton is one of those guys that, like, he's super, like, in the moment, like, social, like, just always wants to be plugged in. And uh, <laughs> in high school, like, we were deer hunting a lot. Freshman year of college, you know, we all were gone all the time deer hunting. 
Skip and classes. So, so our sophomore year, Brighton's like, all right, like I, I want to try deer hunting. And or he was like, I've shot one with my grandpa once, but I'm going to shoot another one. And I was like, okay, Brighton. And so like a couple of nights later, he's like, hey, man, I'm doing my hunter's education. Will you help me? And I was like, yes, but you shouldn't need help. Like, yeah, it's literally, it's just like, know your target and, and what's beyond it. It's just common sense. Yeah. So anyway, we went over there and helped him, you know, do his hunter's ed thing. And he's like, all right, I'm going out with my grandpa next weekend, you know, to shoot a deer. And he goes out there in classic Brighton. He doesn't know, like, what to wear or anything. So he just wears, you know, Vans, jeans, like skinny jeans, like a hoodie and a flannel. Kills me. And so he's in this, like, sweet blind. Like, his grandpa puts a lot of work into his land. Like, it is beautiful food plots, manicured, like, paths. It is, it's nice. Yeah. And so they're sitting in this sweet blind and, like, there are places that they're not cheating, but they're like almost, you know, like the feeder goes off at 730 deer are showing up at 729, you know, they're just trained to come in. And so Brian's sitting up there in the stand and sure enough starts getting light and then it's, you know, feeder goes off and here's these deer and so his grandpa's like all right man like you pick and uh so brighton's like kind of looking he's like okay i want the one on the right that one's bigger it was like a nine point like a really good deer and so brighton's looking through the scope he's like oh yeah baby it's about to be on and he starts looking at it and uh he's like all right i'm, I'm gonna kill this thing and his grandpa's like his grandpa's like do you know where to shoot it <laughs> and brian's like yeah i do i've shot one with you before and then he was like i have no idea where to shoot this thing <laughs> and so he's like sitting there looking at it and he's like well i know i know i'm not supposed to shoot it in the head I'm like i probably don't want to shoot it in the butt so i'm just gonna aim in the middle like of its body like straight <laughs> straight up middle of its body and i'm just gonna shoot it and so it's like you know out there a hundred yards and he just puts it right in the right in the middle and just gut shots it just drills it right in the guts and so you know he shoots it, it jumps and runs off and they're celebrating and stuff and the whole time you know when they're skinning it I mean, gut shot, it just, yeah. I mean, it, it smells like poop, like yeah. just all the rotting grass and corn it's been eaten and yeah. stuff. Um, horrible. And, horrible. <laughs> and the whole time, Brian's grandpa is like, Orville, Orville's like, man, like my gun needs to get sighted in. I can't believe, like, you, you know, it's this <laughs> far off and all this stuff. And deep down, Brian's just like, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Golly, man. <laughs> so moral oh. of the story, if you do shoot a deer, please aim at right behind its front shoulder. Right behind the front shoulder. Do not, you don't want to gut shot it and you don't want to spine shot it. Yes, definitely not. Uh, both for different horrible reasons, but yeah. Yeah, just, let's just avoid it. Right behind the front shoulder, you got the heart and you got the lungs. Uh-huh. You hit one or the other, ideally both, you're you're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. You're in business. Yeah. So anyway, I would just, I love that story of Brighton and 
just absolutely drilling the deer right in the guts. <laughs> Which you can, like, there's a couple spots, like, if you hit it good, like, I think liver um, will kill it pretty fast, but... Like, it is just so... It's not even worth it to try and aim for that. No. Nope. It's kind of one of those things, like, if you have a absolutely atrocious shot, then maybe, like, there's yeah. hope for you. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what it boils down to. So, it's just like, I just felt so bad for him. But I was, I just love that story of him, like, not knowing where to shoot it and just drilling it. But having I, too much pride a little bit. Uh huh. But he like he only wanted to do it because all of us were. Yeah. Just kinda like my brother. So like that's what the kind of thing that gets me stoked is like if people around you start like doing that, then you're like, I think I want to do it too. Yeah. Absolutely. Like why why wouldn't I want to do it? So I I don't know. I think like it's just cool because whenever there is that culture of hunting around you and and fishing too, like I think we're talking about hunting a lot, but it's just because that's the season. That's, yeah, that's why that's where we're at right now. Fall leaves start changing. Pumpkin spice comes to Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that time of year, all you can think about is deer. Yeah, and hunting. Yeah, and fishing and loving every day. Hell yeah, brother! <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like whenever people start getting stoked about it, it's hard not to tag along. Yeah. So this is like just a time of year that brings like us a lot of joy. As far as getting out in the woods, it's beautiful. Um, not usually too much to worry about in the woods as far as snakes and things like that. But I uh, took a group camping a couple weekends ago. <laughs> took a took the whole youth group um, down to south uh, southwest Oklahoma, and. Um, we uh, were down in the Wichita Wildlife Refuge down there. And so essentially all of western Oklahoma is pretty well known for rattlesnakes. Especially like northwest Oklahoma, there's like rattlesnake roundups and like truly like dens of hundreds of oh, rattlesnakes. Like Indiana Jones level stuff. There's like rattlesnake hunting competitions here. Yeah, like, like, gen- like genuine tournaments <laughs> for it, which is crazy to it's, think about. I I have never been, and I want to go to one just to just to witness, but uh huh, witness the people. Yeah. It's kind of like the Okie Noodling tournament. Like, I just want to go to see how few teeth are there and if, how many people have different colored eyes and stuff. <laughs> Dude, do you remember Sammy P from Carnegie? Yes, I do. <laughs> he, he he does that with his, I think, brother or cousin. Does the Okie Noodling tournament? No, no. Does sorry. does the rattlesnake, rattlesnake. round up down yeah, there? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he was telling me about it. It was awesome. But yeah. anyways, so anyway, down in the Wichita Mountains, there's a lot of rattlesnakes. I I've literally grown up going down there, like hiking, camping, seen them many times. You know, um, but last. Two weekends or whatever, whenever it was, uh, a few weeks ago, when I was down there, um, we took a, a guy's group out of the youth group, um, went down there, you know, just took them out just to really be outside, disconnect from their phones, you know, grow in fellowship with each other and God and everything. Um, they had a great time, but we ended up coming back early because it was just going to thunderstorm all night Saturday. Just not worth the yeah. pack up, all those 
especially disgusting, like middle school and high school guys. Absolutely. Like, you know, there's going to be like soggy Cheetos and Doritos and all the tents and like mud. Like, gag. Not worth it. Yeah. Just remembering when we went down there. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. All the trips. How horrible, how disgusting we were. Oh, and you're not showering or no. anything. Gosh. Um, and so. Anyway, so it rains all night Saturday night, and we take um, the girls' group back on Sunday. So my job was literally just to go down there, start fires, just be the resident kind of dad. I'm not a dad that I know of. Uh, (laughs) But just be the resident dad, just cooking, starting fires, whatever kind of guy stuff needed to happen. I would be there to kind of lead hikes and everything. Um, And so... We get down there, and the first stop, you know, is at Mears Cheeseburger. Pretty legendary spot. Staple. Of very, Oklahoma. very good cheeseburger. Maybe a little overrated. It's an experience. I, I think. listen, I have fond memories. Haven't been there in a cool one. But, you know, I can't really argue against it right now. So. Uh-huh. You know, we'll just let whatever you're saying go off into the airwaves, and we'll see if people get riled up about it or not. Sure, sure. See if we spark a, a riot. I uh, will defend it if if I'm prompted to. Yeah. I I just have good memories there. That's pretty much – it's it's really good after you just cook over a campfire all weekend and yeah. you're starving and exhausted and you just, just want a fat burger. Yeah, you want to feast on a really good – like ground, I think it's like literally Longhorn, like meat. Like you just want a nice, fresh, grass-fed burger. It's a, it's great. Yeah, puts you right to sleep for the ride home. Anyway, so we stop there for lunch. It's kind of drizzling, and after that, I headed to the campsite. While all the girls um, went up to the big mountain there, they wanted to take pictures on top. Just classic like girl situation. Um, so we get down to camp, and uh, we do a little hike. And I, I'm like, all right, ladies, like, so this is this is how it's gonna go. I'm gonna give you guys all a tent. You're gonna roll them out and put the the poles together, and then I'll come around and teach you how to do it. Because I was like, I'm not setting all these up myself. That's just not worth it. And I thought it'd be more fun to kind of teach them and everything. And so we're getting them rolled out and all the the um, poles put together and stuff. And uh, I hear one of the – there's a mom that went with us along with a few other like kind of girl, you know, volunteers. And uh, she was like, hey, Glenn, would you mind coming over here? I was like, sure, just a second. And she was like, no, like, w- would you come over here? And I was like, sure. Like, oh, like, what do you need? And so I walked over there and she's like kind of like, hey, there's a, there's a snake over here. And I was like, oh, really? And, you know, I'm, I'm just expecting like a little – garter snake or whatever yeah and i just looked down in a straight up copperhead like just straight up coiled up copperhead is right at her feet and i was like oh my gosh and it was flat she had literally stepped on it and flattened part of it and i was like did you step on that and she was like yeah and i was like did it strike at you she's like no it didn't didn't do anything i was like well maybe like hopefully this thing's dead you know and I go over there and poke it with a stick. Nope, it's fully alive. Literally turns around and hissed at me. So I got a stick and I held its head down. 
And I kind of look over to the right, and there's literally like 30, you know, middle school and high school girls just circled around us. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, it's what's got to happen here. It has to be done. And I literally just pull out my knife, and it's kind of dull, so I like had to saw through it. <laughs> so there's like this writhing snake, you know, on the ground. And they were all like kind of quiet for a second. And then they were like, that was awesome. <laughs> Literally just triggered like their inner like primal like yeah. kill it, you know, nature. So it was awesome. It was super fun. But that is the nice part about the fall is you don't have to worry about that. Exactly. Usually. So anyway, it's only the second copyright I've ever even seen. But dude, I was like, wow, that's no bueno. No bueno at all. So, anyway, you never know what's what's happening in the woods of Oklahoma. No, it's always an adventure. It is. And that's what keeps us coming back. Yeah, you have a story every time. So, yeah, I, you, you really do. Whether it's just I didn't see anything or it's a close encounter or maybe you shot something. Whatever it is, you do always have a story. Yeah. And that's what we're here to tell. Exactly. <laughs> the stories of Oklahoma. Um, but anyway, I guess we'll probably wrap it up here. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning in and hope that maybe you found something from it. But more than anything, we'll start getting into some more specifics as we move through. Um, probably keep it pretty specific to the time of year as far as things that you can do and chase and um try and take you know i think yeah um it's it's deer season right now fall turkeys coming up um waterfowl oklahoma trout season that's a fun one that i think is kind of overlooked uh, as far as a couple places in oklahoma that stock trout seasonally but also there's places that have them year round um and then we get through all that, and it's just a little cold for about a week, and then it's literally trophy largemouth time, and oh, Love. then it's the spawn and and spring turkey, and then it's just full on fishing season. There's stuff to do all year round here in our great state of Oklahoma. Yeah, and I, I don't think people realize it now. Yeah, I. I, I at school, people would come, you know, from all over, and they'd just be like, oh, this place is so boring, like, and, like, it's, like, one of the most diverse states. Like, we have antelope and alligators. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't... Maybe That's A Texas. to A. Yeah, maybe A to A. Now, may, there's... A, maybe Texas is the only place that also has that. Maybe California, but I don't think they have gators. Nah, no, they, nah, they no, don't have they gators. Don't. So anyway, it's like they have. We have alligators and pronghorn. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah, and we so, got we got elk. I mean, yep. which I mean, good luck. <laughs> yeah, those are tough. But you can get you on can the see them. You you can go see them, and uh, we got freaking buffalo all down there too. Yep. Glenn's favorite animal. Yeah, um, I hate buffaloes. Wish they were extinct. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we we got all sorts of stuff. So. It it's a cool place, a lot of cool stuff. But yeah, our goal is just probably for the next fifteen years, 
Uh, but our goal is just, you know, weekly to come out with something that hopefully helps you get out and experience stuff and, and hopefully create maybe a community that, um, you can come to to learn and hear some different perspectives and we'll get some people that are really smart because let's face it me and Hudson Hudson's pretty smart but my IQ is in the single digits so um yeah I'll agree with that one (laughs) (laughs) I'll stoke your ego no well yeah we're gonna have we're we got some guests lined up uh well lined up they're on our list um that are very knowledgeable about their different kind of specialties. And we also got some guests that are going to have some great stories for you guys, which is also just one thing that, you know, we would, we just love to share like the stories from the outdoors. And I think that is one of the more powerful things uh, that you can do to get people into the outdoors Yeah, is, you know, the stories that are created from just uh-huh. being out. So, yeah. The stories that are created from being out there, the memories that you form, and the number one for me, I think, besides being out in creation, is a connection with other people. Like sharing those stories in the blind, mm-hmm. you know, cooking together at deer camp. Like, I mean, that's that's why I go hunting, is like yeah. for the camaraderie. Like, if I wanted to just go kill stuff, I don't know what I would do, but... Maybe go be a mercenary in Ukraine or something, but like, I, that's not what it's about for me. <laughs> that was kind of dark, wasn't it? Whoa! <laughs> but like, it, it's it's about the people and it's about the connections and, and uh, so yeah, we'll connect you guys with some of our connections that uh, maybe guide, maybe have been doing a certain thing for many years, or maybe just have a lot of good stories because they are idiots or gluttons for punishment or whatever it is um hopefully we'll give you some entertainment so and probably spark a few arguments here and there hopefully get some firecrackers going but uh yeah we're hoping to grow this community we hope you guys can join us you want to join our community we're on uh instagram and facebook at yellow hat outdoors and we have our website which is yellowhatoutdoors.com uh we post blogs on there, and these podcasts are going to be up on there as well. And they're also going to be, uh, we're pretty sure, everywhere you can get a podcast. Um, In my mind, they should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so uh, check us out on there. Uh, see what we're up to. Give us, shoot us any questions. You can email us, comment, whatever. And uh, we hope to see you guys around our campfire yeah for sure and like you said just yeah give us a follow and if if you want to and and you appreciate it just tell someone about us and um share the share the news and the message and we'll get them plugged in and hopefully get some more people out get some more competition for hudson out on the public land sure all right thank you guys for tuning in and we will talk to you next week thank you all